set your customer service starship to warp speed because it's episode 193 of Crack the Customer Code and we're moving ahead quickly. As customer experience gains more and more traction within organizations and throughout many industries, the real work is just beginning. Bum, bum, bum. I, I thought we were done. I thought we were. <laughs> customer experience was perfect everywhere, and we have nothing yes. else to do. Well, unfortunately, there's still work to be done, Adam. And, you know, leaders who track metrics like Net Promoter Score, otherwise known as NPS, or customer satisfaction, are often stumped on how to actually bring those numbers up. And that's why we're really excited about our conversation with guest Amy Downs today. She kind of offers a playbook of how to deliver on the customer experience. So those numbers you're tracking improve dramatically. Yeah, so Amy is the Chief Customer Success and Happiness Officer, my old job, at LifeSize, which is a video (laughs) conferencing company. And yeah, her story was really cool because we talk about NPS and they actually took their NPS from a negative four when she took over the program or came in to create the program, I should say, to the high 70s. Now, if you know anything wow. about NPS, you know, a a five-point increase is something to celebrate, especially in larger companies. But yeah, I mean, that is an immense major move. And what was really cool in this interview is she really takes us through the journey of coming in at that negative four and how they executed. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated how she tackled some of the internal uh, challenges that they had as well. There were, understandably, you know, they had a lot of challenges inside that they had to address to make the external customer experience a success. And she talks through that quite a bit, which anybody can learn from. Absolutely. Yeah. This was almost a uh, case study here, a little mini case yeah, study. Exactly. So it was great. Exactly. Well, let's go ahead and tell everybody about Amy. Fantastic. Amy Downs is the Chief Customer Success and Happiness Officer at LifeSize, the connected video conferencing company, and is responsible for ensuring that customers are at the epicenter of everything the company does. From support, service, and training, Amy drives the strategy and execution of programs that help LifeSize customers and partners bring successful video collaboration to their companies. Prior to joining LifeSize, Amy spearheaded Voxio's industry-leading customer support and service organization and oversaw all post-sales interaction with customers. Welcome, Amy. How are you today? I'm doing great, Adam. Thank you for having me. Well, we are thrilled you could join us, so thank you for being here. And Amy, I'm curious about your title because I'm specifically what I'm wondering about is how do you translate customer success and happiness, which I love to see, into your day-to-day work? That's an excellent question. And, um, and I, I love the happiness piece too. We, we, we didn't start with, uh, we didn't start with that in the title, but we ended up there. Uh, but my, yeah, the really to translate that, you know, my role, um, within life size is really to help each and every, what we call life sizer, um, each and every employee realize the important role that they play in our customers' lives. And so, um, I spend a lot of time. I'm joining you all from Rome, Italy today. Uh, we've got a, a great global presence of customers. And, um, and so I spend a lot of time with our teams um, uh, across every functional area at LifeSize, helping with alignment and, and realizing that building one LifeSize team um, mm-hmm. is critical in building a company that's focused on its customers. And so, so part of my role is really to, um, to, help, um, to help with that piece. Uh, and there's a lot of tactical stuff that goes underneath that. Um, but really, uh, the other piece is really helping our customers know um, that customer obsession is our number one core value. 
um, and then how we live that every day. And so that's through our products, through the service that the customer service that we offer and really everything that we do. And so um, I would say those are kind of the two big ways that, that I translate um, uh, that into kind of my day to day work. Okay. And and you mentioned that you didn't start with happiness in that title. I'm just curious, was there something that triggered that or was it an evolution? When did you come to that conclusion that that should be part of it? Yeah. Well, so I joined um, LifeSize back in 2014 in June. Um, and within the first two weeks, I was um, taken to our very first partner conference. And I, uh, the gentleman that um, that introduced me, he said, you know, Amy, you are probably one of the happiest people I think I've ever met. And he said, so when he introduced me, he introduced me as the, uh, back then I was a, a, a VP um, and, uh, and he introduced me as the VP of happiness and it stuck. We all loved it. And we said, we are going to have to make a change. And so we did, we, we introduced that into the title because we really wanted something that would help uh, a, a title that would help our customers and our partners realize that um, the, you know, the reason for bringing me into life size was that, that our, the success of our customers was such an important and critical piece of the transformation of our business um, that we needed it to resonate really, really strongly with, uh, with, with that community of customers. Oh, that's great. That's great that you kind of got it assigned to you and then owned it. I love that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you brought the happiness, which is important. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, now the catch is, because I know a little bit about your story here, is not all of the customers were that happy when you showed up, right? I believe the <laughs> company's uh, net promoter score was like a negative four or something like that. Yep. That was that was where we were at back then. Wow. Well, you know, before, you, uh, you know, before we talk about sort of how you turned that around, let's talk a little bit about what did you assess as the reasons behind that? What were you walking into when you came into the job? So, so great question. I, um, you know, it's interesting. Everyone asks like, why did you, why did you come to life size? Um, and you know, there were, there were a couple of critical parts, uh, when I spoke with Craig about his vision for the company, what was going on. So just to give you a little background, we were, um, a hardware based manufacturer of, um, endpoint devices. So basically cameras and phones that you put in a conference room, uh, for video conferencing. Uh, so that was our, our background. Um, and we, um, we ultimately were transforming the company into a cloud-based provider. All of, you know, all signs were telling us that the premise-based world was, um, uh, that revenues were declining and that the, that the new world was all around offering a cloud, a cloud-based, um, collaboration solutions. So we do video conferencing, audio conferencing, web conferencing, streaming and recording. So, so really that collaboration platform to connect people. And so with a, with a, a product like that, um, you have to be super close to your customers. And so when I talked to Craig, he said, Amy, I need someone to help me change the culture of our company. And I realized that because he understood, it wasn't like come in and help me build a great customer service team or a, a customer support team that you know that is is going to answer tickets quickly. Um, that was not the mission. The mission was I want, I know, I need to change the culture of this company to be customer obsessed, and I want you to come do that with me. So, so that's why I joined. And back then, you know, we were again a hardware manufacturer. So think about, you know, our distribution model was we have distributors who sell to a reseller, who sell to an end customer. So we were, you know, three steps removed from our end customers in, a, in our day-to-day -day world. And so um, when I walked in, um, you know, I, Craig had told me when I first interviewed with him that um, he's like, I think, you know, we got a product release that's, you know, that, that, um, that, that gave us some challenges. And that's why customers are upset with us. When I walked in, 
um, and, and did the assessment, I realized that the product was actually pretty good. <laughs> um, it was, it, there were a lot of other things going on within the company itself that were leading, that was leading to upset customers and upset resellers. And, um, and so it was really digging in and, um, and looking at the challenges, for example, um, you know, like I would, I would say really executing on the fundamentals. So a support ticket comes in, letting the customer know like, Hey, we got your ticket. Those were, the, you know, just sort of the rudimentary sort of customer service 101 basics um, that just weren't in place. And so it was leading to a lot of frustration on behalf of customers and partners. And so there were just a few things, a few simple tweaks that we made within the business to sort of stop the customers from screaming at us. That's a good base to start yeah, from. Yeah, so... Exactly. So it wasn't, you know, I would say it wasn't like major surgery or rocket science. Um, there were just, you know, it was really, you know, figure, you know, really digging in and, and, and executing on, on the basics. Um, and, uh, and, and so I think, um, I think that was, you know, that was really, you know, just, um, uh, just realizing that, that we needed to listen to our customers and figure out, you know, what were they complaining the most about and going and solving those very few issues. Well, I love what you say about that because I think sometimes we underestimate what a poor culture does to those simple daily basics, you know, they like they get kind of suppressed and then that becomes the culture. And so it's not that anybody's trying to not inform customers. It's just that they've never done it. And so that's the culture and, you know, things repeat themselves. And I, I think the approach you took with really saying that your aim was to create customer obsession. And you mentioned that earlier. I'm wondering, in your mind, what does that look like? What are some of the traits of an organization that is customer obsessed? So, um, and you're right, you know, it, it, I, I truly believe that, um, that, you know, people, people like want to do good by customers. You usually mm -hmm. don't go get a job in customer service if you don't like customers. Um, and so, and I think just naturally, not just for, for the people at LifeSize who are in customer service and talking with customers every day, but I, I think everybody at, you know, um, at any company you go to, you know, they want to do meaningful, purposeful work. And I think the disconnect with us is that we just forgot to tell our people that, um, <laughs> you know, that, that like, Hey, you know, we, um, you know, this, this is what's important to us. You know, our customers are the people that, that pay our paychecks every week. You know, they're the ones that we're working for. So, so how do we, you know, how do we help each life sizer? And that was, that was part of the cultural work that, um, uh, that I, that I, that I helped with, um, really, you know, how does each life size or what, what is the role that they play in our customers, um, success? And so really, you know, the biggest thing for us was connecting the, you know, giving, giving our people a bit of a bigger purpose and helping to set a vision for, you know, what we wanted our new culture to be. We were in the process of, you know, turning a company upside down on its head. And, um, and so we really needed to set that, that vision and, and the values around, um, why serving customers in a, in a, especially, and I mean, I would say in any, any business, um, but especially in a SaaS based world where retention and, um, keeping customers year over year over year is so important. And so the, you know, I think the concrete traits, uh, for an organization that is obsessed with customers, um, is really driving every single activity, every cross-functional area, um, driving true alignment and ensuring that the customer is the epicenter of your business. 
And, and, and that really, as you mentioned, Jeannie, is, it, it, is a, it, it is a cultural shift um, to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, that's, yeah, and that's fantastic. You, it, nothing will happen if people aren't sort of focused in the right direction and with the right attitude. And I think that's why there is so much emphasis on culture. But one of the things I really found interesting about uh, your story was you took it to the next step. And I think this is where people, when you, when you hear people talking about turning around customer experience and customer service, talk about people, they talk about culture, and they often don't talk about the systems and processes that have to underlie that culture and that have to uh, basically support the execution. And I know you put some focus into systems and processes and how they impact the customer experience. So what were some of the most impactful changes you made? Great, great point. And I will say that, yes, <laughs> we a company can talk about um, loving their customers and being obsessed, but, but without, you know, I would say again, the foundation is our people um, and, and without giving them that higher purpose, like you, you can't get anything done. So you've got to set the vision uh, so that they know, you know, um, that they're, the work that they're doing is meaningful. But underneath that, uh, there has got to be some sort of um, uh, processes and operational rhythms within the business to execute against it. Because, you know, I always say that uh, the rest of it's lip service. And unless you're you're actually driving change in your business based on what your customers are telling you is important, you know, you're not, you're, you're not going to become a, 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 um, a great company. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, <laughs> So the um, the very first thing, uh, you know, in addition to kind of setting the vision is we needed a way to measure. And so I'm a huge fan of Net Promoter. I've been, I'm a, you know, certified associate. I just am a, am a huge believer in, in the overall system uh, of Net Promoter. And, and we don't use it as a metric. I think that I think having a number is important, you know, just so people have a target to go uh, to go work against. But ultimately, what we did was um, we rolled out Net Promoter as our way of bringing the voice of the customer into the business. Um, and again, I mentioned that, you know, when, when I first started, everyone's like, oh, we have a problem here. We have a problem there. And you've got a bunch of people internally that think like, this is where our problem is. And then you get people solving, pro solving issues that aren't necessarily problems for customers. Customers could care less. They're like, that's mm -hmm. not our problem. We just want you to let us know you got my ticket. <laughs> so, so, um, so, so really, I think, you know, it, it bringing the voice of the customer into the business helped with the alignment of all of those different functional areas. And so, um, so I, I basically asked, I asked each functional leader um, to give us, uh, to, 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 to um, volunteer, ask for volunteers on their teams of a couple of people that could be customer obsession ambassadors. And um, we we uh, rolled out Net Promoter as uh, as our our system, um, and what I mean by that is the the operational rhythm that is embedded within our culture to drive change in our business. And so we do we set up a um, uh, basically a timeline for uh, surveying our customers. Um, we do that on a, for, uh, we do relationship surveys, we do transactional surveys, um, and we have an operational rhythm in the business where those customer obsession am ambassadors um, are working alongside our customer success team. So when we send out the surveys, we gather the feedback, we do um, root cause analysis. So we're reaching out not just to detractors, but also to our promoters and our neutrals, because all of the, the voice across all Every single one of those customers is important to us. So we don't, you know, we don't kind of screw up things that are working. Um, and, uh, and we go take corrective actions on the things that aren't working. 
Um, we do, uh, you know, we, we go take corrective and preventative actions based on the feedback from those customers and we close the loop with them. And so, so that's the operational rhythm that we built that, you know, one of the most powerful, uh, I would say that the, the most powerful piece to stop a lot of the, you know, siloed sort of internal thinking of what was wrong and really start to help to align the culture around driving change based on what our customers were telling us was the most important thing to them. Um, I would say that the second piece of that, um, when we built our customer success team, um, and that was about a year after I joined, um, we, uh, we basically implemented um, a system that would allow us to, to really, um, you know, we are a very data-driven company. And as you all know, um, it's very hard to analyze the overall relationship we have with our customers when, you know, th there, there's so many different vectors that are important to them. Um, and so we needed a way uh, to to basically understand how the you know the um, not only the the usage of our product how how that was doing within the customer base but how are they rating us on Net Promoter and what what is the overall relationship you know on a personal level with them like uh, and how does how do their support tickets look and so we needed a way to measure you know across every single kind of uh, vector of our relationship with them and so we put some systems and processes in place. Um, to really drive a, a, an amazing experience and have super deep technical um, and sub, you know both subjective and objective insight uh, uh, into the the overall health of our customers, um, and so a lot of work went into to building you know systems processes around that to um, to let us know you know uh, quickly as you're scaling a business as fast as we are um, you know which customers are at risk which ones are healthy and um, and really driving the business based on that. Wow, that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> um, and one of the things that was coming up for me as you were describing this was, you know, if you combine it with the culture that you kind of walked into with now you're talking about net promoter score and really advocating for customers and really listening to them. I'm wondering, how did you, beyond kind of the processes, um, even introducing these new ideas around metrics and tracking things like NPS, and starting from a negative four and explaining like, that's not great, guys. <laughs> like, we have to do something about this. Um, how did you go about really communicating uh, the progress you were making as you were going through all of this change? Sure. So we, um, you know, we do a, uh, one of the big things that was really important to us, we're, we're setting up, and, and I know this sounds simple, but it's so important, um, setting up town hall meetings so that we could all get together uh, and talk through the, you know, how we were, how we were measuring. Um, the, the thing before that, that we did though, was we, um, we didn't have sort of a, um, a, a natural rhythm for setting, you know, strategic goals that rolled into quarterly goals that rolled in to, um, each department where there was alignment. And so we set, you know, specific metric targets for each of our functional areas, but that all rolled up into kind of a, an overall strategic goal that we that we were measured against. And and again, we've got a lot of different tools that we use to communicate um, that information. One is through those town hall meetings, um, and then the other one is through our. Uh, we have a an internal community that we use uh, that you know where we where we post um, you know all of the net promoter data. We've got some systems internally that we use to help uh, that, that life sizers have access to, to help them understand, you know, how the overall health with those, with those customers um, is going. And so, you know, really just driving, you know, the metrics 
at a level. Um, we, we actually, in the, on the support side, and so we've moved, uh, uh, very proud to say this, we actually won a, a Stevie Award. Uh, the, our support team won a, a gold Stevie Award um, a year before last when we, when we went through the big transformation on the support side because we were like, we got to fix that, you know, one of the big things we needed to fix first. Uh, and, and the reason we did that was we, we went from a negative four, um, back then we were at 50, we're now at 75, which, and that's on our support transactional score, which is, uh, certainly a world-class score. Um, and we, we have, you know, our rolling net promoter support targets. Um, we have them on banners that roll throughout the, the support area so that everybody can see individual scores, team-based scores, our regional scores. Um, and so it's important to us. Um, and we post, you know, our customer comments and, um, we've got walls that are rolling with, um, you know, with all of the promoter and neutral and detractor comments. And so really just bringing a lot of visibility, um, you know, through, through those types of mechanisms into the organization so that people could see how we were, you know, how we were doing against those goals. Wow. That's great. I love that you brought up the town hall because, I agree that it sounds so simple, but it can be so meaningful. People just want to hear, you know, from the leadership as well as have the opportunity to ask those questions and and really interact. So that's great that you kind of started with that and then built out all of those communication tools. Yeah. And speaking of that internal communication, I'd like to ask a question about the internal customer. As you've done these customer experience improvements, as you've executed this program, have you seen better internal customer service? Has that gone along with it? Or is that something you've had to, I mean, I think my question is, has it developed organically? Or is that something you've had to focus on as well as you've been uh, ramping up? Absolutely. And I love that you use, you know, um, I think when I first started, I brought in a trainer from the Ritz-Carlton and they focus on internal service. And it's so important because you know, we have to treat each other just like we would, we would treat our, our customers. Um, and, and, you know, it create that that's part of the, that was part of our cultural transformation is really, you know, inter internal, like, uh, uh, um, uh, lateral service is is what the Ritz Carlton uses, um, but but really realizing that that internal customer service is as important. And so when we went on the mission to create our core values, um, we actually asked our employees, "Tell us what is it about life size that makes us great? You know, what are those core values that are that are at the you know kind of at the heart of of everything that we do?" And so it was our life size employees that helped us build. Um, build up those core values. And our number one value is customer obsession. And the way that we explain and describe that to people when we have new hires that come on board um, and to our existing employee base is if, if you've got to figure out, you got six things on your plate and you have to figure out which one of these do I work on today? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're all in that situation. Um, this is this is the order of priority. Help your customer, help your coworker do your job. And as long as we're focused in that order, we know, you know, either we're helping our coworkers help a customer, uh, which is usually the case. And if you don't get to your job, you're not going to get your hands left. Um, and so, um, so really, I, I think that that lateral service, and I talked a little bit earlier about alignment, one life size team, helping, you know, each life sizer realize the role that they play in our customers' lives, you know, all of that internal service if you don't have that level of engagement from your employees, your customers will never feel it. And, um, and so that's a, a, a brilliant point. I appreciate you bringing that up because that, you know, that is the, that's the secret sauce is, is, is having that, that in place. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
No, fantastic. Well, I and I I'm thinking about other interviews we've done. I'm like, oh, you would really get along with Jeff Toyster, who talks about like, <laughs> his name. I'm writing uh, down as we speak. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, I will. Uh, you know, be happy to put you guys in touch because there's a lot of overlap with what you're saying. And it's just it it kind of underlines the point of all of this, that you really do need to take care of the people that are taking care of your people. <laughs> and, <Yes>. um, <laughs> so that's a little bit long for a bumper sticker, but uh, we uh, I think everybody big, it could fit on yeah, a big there pillow. We go. I'll embroider it for you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we have loved talking to you, Amy, and I, I think everybody who listens to this is going to get so much out of this. So first of all, congratulations on the success you've had with really improving the customer experience for so many people. I mean, you don't get a, an improvement in NPS without really making meaningful change. So so congratulations. And I'm sure many customers thank you for that, too. So, well, yeah. And thank you. And honestly, you know, that we have such an amazing team. So I can't take, you know, I, I can only take the credit for being the cheerleader. But, um, you know, there was a lot of hard work by a lot of people that um, that went into in, into changing and transforming the company. And um, so it, it has been the most amazing experience I can say of my professional career so far. <laughs> wow, I bet. Oh, yeah, awesome. super, super cool. Well, if well, people do so want to find you, oh, I'm sorry, Adam. No, uh, go ahead. <laughs> if people do want to find you online or connect with you, what's a good way for them to do that? Absolutely. So uh, I'm on LinkedIn, um, Amy Downs um, and Life Size, again, is, uh, is, is the company uh, that I'm at. Um, or uh, anyone can feel free to email me direct, directly, I should say, addowns at lifesize.com. Perfect. Well, we will also include that in our show notes so everybody can check that out. But thank you so much for joining us. And I feel like I should say ciao since you're in Italy. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ciao. Buongiorno. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Amy. This has been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Appreciate your time. So numbers don't just change themselves, huh? <laughs> Not on my tax return, they don't, Jeannie. <laughs> they seem to be stuck. <laughs> Yeah, this was a great discussion that uh, I think I really walked away with some ideas, especially around internal yeah, like customer experience. We mentioned experience. up front, it was really sort of a mini case study, and I like that it sends that message that investing in customer experience can make a difference. CEOs everywhere, listen, mm -hmm. hear the message in the wind. <laughs> I, I feel like our listeners are all saying <laughs> amen <laughs> because they Absolutely. they get this too. But we hope you had some great takeaways from this discussion as well. Let us know by tweeting us. And thanks so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. We appreciate you spending your valuable time with us. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our customer experience investigation consulting at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Kapork, and you can learn more about me and our customer service workshops and training at customersetstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.